the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, there is remarkable consistency in the Biden administration, not only in the fact that everything they touch turns to dung, but they're always telling us that, for instance, the inflation numbers are not going to be bad, and then they're really bad. So to be consistent, uh, they should probably also expect good numbers to be good, but not as good as they actually turn out to be. Here is uh, the glass ceiling breaking gay black press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, with her prediction on the jobs report, her prediction yesterday afternoon. See, is instead of that record high uh, breaking number, job numbers that we've been seeing every month in the realm of 500,000 to uh, 600,000 jobs on average per month, uh, we're expecting uh, at, at to be closer to uh, 150,000 jobs per month. And so that would actually uh, sign, that will be a sign of, uh, of a success of, of this transition. She only missed it by 380,000 jobs. Yes, the jobs report that came out this morning said that in July, we added more than a half a million jobs, 528,000 jobs. So, of course, Joe Biden had to issue a statement. See, see, it's working. It's working. Not a joke. It's working. My spending plan, of course, the Democrats tomorrow will try to ram through the vestiges of build back better which will break America forever, maybe not forever, at least until 2024, when hopefully Ron DeSantis can get in there and straighten it all out. But the Joe Manchin bill to spend 380-ish million on green energy nonsense to raise, actually not raise, to enact a new 15% tax on corporations we're not raising taxes. We're closing loopholes. That's all going to go through because Kristen Cinema, the Arizona senator who had been mum on the Manchin-Schumer-Biden boondoggle until last night, now says she will support it. She got a little bit of something that she wanted. The carried tax increase provision um, was removed. That apparently benefits a lot of her wealthy supporters in Arizona, people who have big piles of money in their retirement, which good for them. They saved their money. They worked hard. They benefited from the capitalist system. I have no issue with that. It was probably a Democratic attempt to tax the retirement nest egg they had piled up a second or a third time. But it is problematic that Manchin 
got something he wanted and cinema got something she wanted. And so they're willing to sell out the American people because they don't have to sell out their constituents in doing so. Although Manchin sold out his constituents, a lot of whom are coal miners and who now will be hurt by a doubling or a more than doubling of taxes on coal in West Virginia. It's really not any different. It's really not any different than the people who are elected in the state of Ohio voting for the CHIPS Act. We'll benefit from the CHIPS Act. We're all about the CHIPS Act. So we it's kind of hypocritical, and I know uncomfortable, to rail against Mansion and Cinema getting what they wanted for their people, or at least thinking they got what they wanted for their people, while not admitting that, you know, if you voted for the corporate welfare that is the CHIPS Act, not arguing about the necessity of it, not arguing about the benefit of it to Ohio, but it is corporate welfare when the government gives a private industry millions and millions and millions of dollars to produce something that it should be able to produce when merited by the marketplace. That's just how it is. But how did the White House miss on the jobs number so badly? Uh, Here is... uh, Democratic water carrier Austin Goolsby, who was a big Obama guy, uh, talking about this jobs report. And he poses a question that I will be able to answer for him. Last week, literally seven days ago, they were saying the economy was in recession and we're going off a cliff. I think with job growth like this, there has never been a period where the unemployment rate was this low and we were still adding 500 plus thousand jobs a month, eventually we've got to run out of bodies. Mm. I mean, you can't keep adding 500,000 jobs a month like this. There just aren't enough people. Eventually we're going to run out of bodies. Well, we are if the Democrats get to keep killing babies like they want to. Yes, that is true, but that's not what he was referring to. He's saying, how do we add half a million jobs every month when, you know, and the unemployment rate's like 3.6%. There aren't that many people to add to the workforce. Ah, ah, the devil's in the details. The devil's in the details of how they calculate the jobless rate. Did you know that at some point in time, if you don't work for a long enough period of time, that you drop off the jobless roles? Two years, two years. If you are out of work for two years, you don't register anymore. On the jobless rolls, like you're invisible. Okay? So, I'm just thinking in my head. Two years ago, about right now, was anything going on? Did anything happen that might have chased people from the job market? August of 2020. Oh, right. There was this germ going around called COVID. And we shut down the economy in March, and a lot of people lost their jobs. And they maybe tried to find another job or whatever, but they didn't find another job. And they really didn't have to find another job because, oh, Uncle Government was sending us free checks, stimulus checks, and checks for how many kids you had, and checks and checks and checks and checks and checks. Lots of checks. And people like, got used to not working. I kind of like this hanging out at home thing. Well, now the money's running out. Inflation is up. Gas is up. Rent is up. Eggs, milk, bread, meat, everything is up. And it's not 
nearly as doable to sit around and watch Netflix all day and to binge watch Yellowstone. Seasons one, two, three, and four. So people are returning to the job market. And that is why we have magically hundreds of thousands of people materializing out of thin air to Austin Goolsby's opinion to re-enter the job market. Now, this would be great if they were re-entering the job market and they were being paid a living wage, but, but they are not. I'm looking at Twitter and Bernie Moreno, former Senate candidate, tweets a graph that shows real average hourly earnings year over year. There's a blue line and there's a red line. Now, I think Bernie got his colors mixed up because the blue line tracks progress during the Trump administration. And that line is climbing steadily. Then there's the red line which tracks progress during the Biden administration. And it looks a lot like the roller coaster at Kings Island when you get to the top of the hill and everybody puts their hands in the air, woo, and down it goes. So real hourly wages are falling. Why? Because are your raises incrementally increasing every time gas went up, meat went up? Airline tickets went up. Everything went up. Did you walk in and the boss goes, hey, Bill, come on in here. Hey, I see gas is up another 50 cents a gallon. Uh, We're going to give you a 50 cent raise so you can cover that. No, that doesn't happen. Okay, so people are coming back to the job market. But their wages are not keeping up. And and when they say that they added 528,000 new jobs, what they do not say is, are they adding 528,000 standalone jobs that provide for your household expenses? Or is it possible that you have a job and you are taking a second job or a third job in order to cover the cost of Joe Biden's economy? See, you would register as a new job, but it would in fact be a sign of desperation, not prosperity. So I've noticed as I listen to Hugh Hewitt in the morning that Hugh is becoming quite the Ron DeSantis fan, which, welcome to the party, Hugh. And also, uh, when Hugh was here last October, and by the way, he's coming back this October, for, mm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the event. Right now, the the powers that be in the station are like, oh, no, 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 don't announce that. Okay, so I'm not going to announce it. But Hugh's coming back this October. And I noticed when Hugh and I were talking that uh, over that weekend while he was at Genoa for the Republican Senate Forum, uh, I asked Hugh about uh, why he didn't talk very much about transgender issues. And he said, because I don't think people, you know, have it top of mind and really care. I've noticed he's changed on that, too, as he's talking a lot more about the dangers of the transgender ideology. And so it's not a surprise. Hugh's a Ron DeSantis fan. And if you watch Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, you see that he is keenly aligned with what is one of the, well, I won't say one of, it is 
the most important issue of our time, which is calling out, eradicating, fighting to the death against the transgender movement via the LGBTQ ampersand hyphen number sign at sign movement. The alphabet mafia, which started just tolerate us in our desire for domestic partner benefits. We will never ask for marriage. Oh, well, we'd like to have marriage. Now we'd like to adopt kids. Now we'd like to be protected here, there, and everywhere. Now we'd like um, to be protected like people are by fair housing laws that outlaw racism and the like. So the agenda never stops, and now they are roping in to their twisted evil ideology, the indoctrination of kids into the transgender lie in schools. And we have purportedly good people who care about kids, nationwide children, Cincinnati children, who when they operate on minor children and do sexual reassignment surgery are not operating like caregivers should operate at Nationwide Children's Hospital or Cincinnati Children's Hospital. They are operating like doctors in concentration camps, conducting morbid experiments on humans and the most vulnerable humans, kids. So Ron DeSantis is not putting up with this. He wants to criminalize it in Florida, and I hope he succeeds, and I hope he's president in 2024. I hope he criminalizes it nationally. Not for the kids. They're trapped in a lie, just like victims of human trafficking. It's not the kids that are the problem. The kids respond to all kinds of indoctrination and grooming, and they're searching for community. They're searching for identity. I get it. I understand the fascination and where it comes from. It's just a lie. The evil ones are the doctors who do the surgeries, the therapists who won't stand up and say, you have a mental disconnect between your biological reality and your cognitive belief. It's not much different than anorexia. You think you're fat and you're anorexic. You're not, but you look in the mirror and see something different than the rest of us see. It is a form of mental illness. So DeSantis is a crusader. DeSantis is a, he's a truth teller. He's a truth teller. And that's what I try to share with people when I speak is you have to be someone who says true things. Say true things. Refuse to be silent when other people say things that are not true. Don't sit there quietly because you are giving tacit approval if you sit there quietly. And don't be deluded into thinking that you can eliminate the consequences of not going along just by being quiet. Because by not going along, they will presume your agreement. And at some point in time, you will have to do something you don't want to do. Put your pronouns in your profile on LinkedIn or send it around a company email or adorn your business correspondence with rainbow flags in June. You will have to do something you do not want to do. And when you draw that line, Three months, six months, nine months, two years after 
you were initially prompted to draw that line, well, you have in, you will have incur, incurred whatever that additional timeline is of personal self-loathing because you didn't take the stand you knew sh- you should have taken in the beginning. So Ron DeSantis yesterday realized that, hey, I got a state attorney general who was elected. He's woke. He's allowing criminals to walk free in the state of Florida. He's not pursuing my belief that this transgender ideology has got to be eradicated from our schools and from our institutions. And so he bounced the guy. He bounced the guy. And he was on Tucker last night explaining why. Where they basically take it upon themselves to determine which laws should be followed and which laws should not be followed. And I can tell you in Florida's constitution, uh, that constitution vests the veto power in the governor, not an individual district attorney or a state attorney where they can pick and choose. And so I asked my staff to review all state attorneys in the state of Florida. I wanted to see who was picking and choosing. And this is the guy that all the line prosecutors, all the law enforcement said, uh, he thinks he can pick and choose which laws. And he actually signed letters saying he wouldn't force laws against uh, transgender surgeries for minors, laws protecting the right to life. And then he has all these policies in his agency that are called presumptive non-prosecution. No, the law is presumptively enforced. That's not something that's acceptable. Right. Uh, and so we there today, we made the decision. The, the jarring thing about it, though, Tucker, I had all these sheriffs from the area there. I had the former police chief in Tampa. There's a lot of line prosecutors in that office that are very happy uh, that this was done. And so we took it seriously. We did a thorough review, and, and we pulled the trigger today. That is how you legislate. That is how you lead. That is how you show courage in the face of persecution. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine today about Trump and DeSantis, and I love Trump policies, but in terms of statesmanlike behavior, uh, he could have used some uh, polishing, shall we say. I will support him if he is the Republican nominee, but I believe we have better, younger nominee and, in the case of DeSantis or Tom Cotton or any other Republican nominee who's not Donald Trump, that nominee, if they win the presidency in 2024, can serve two terms. Trump can only serve one. And I don't know how you can straighten out all the garbage policies of the Biden administration in just one term. I don't know that it's possible. We need somebody in there in 2024 who can set a course and will know that it's going to take a while, but this guy or woman has the uh, leeway to get that job done. So that's my view of Ron DeSantis and of the consequential issues before us and of what lies ahead of us beyond the midterms. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.